Welcome to the Aiden Mari podcast and thank you for listening. This is a podcast where we like to explore faith, the Bible, and trying to better follow Jesus. This podcast is a collection of sermons, interviews, and also me just rambling about different things about Christianity or what's on my mind or conversations we're having. We're trying to upload weekly, so hopefully that happens. So I hope you enjoy and let's get on with this week's episode. Have you ever had someone tell you, show me pictures, or I don't believe it? Pixar didn't happen. Anybody? Anybody have that ever said to you? Oh, yeah, there we go. My boys. That's what I'm talking about. Um, So this happened to me this past, well, it didn't happen to me. Actually, it happened to Curtis. So here's the thing. Curtis, he can play basketball decently well. Um, and, and, And he was in the court by himself in the gym, and he was at the half line mark, and he tossed a basketball back behind his back, and it went in. And he was like, yes, I am the man. I feel good. Uh, and so he felt like bragging. So he, so he shows up to senior high with the leaders. And he shows up and he's kind of like, hey, guys, this is what happened today. I feel so proud of myself. But then there's, there's, this, there's this leader, and everybody's got a friend like this, okay? There's this leader, and he kind of looks at Curtis. And he likes to stir the pot a bit, you know? He's one of those guys. And, and he looks at Curtis, he goes, pictures or it didn't happen. Pictures or I don't believe you. I do not believe that you were able to score this basket. Do not try and tell me that this is true. And so I don't know if there was an argument or what, but long story short, uh, this guy named Nick was not believing Curtis's story. And, and the rest of us were kind of like, well, we believe Curtis. And, you know, you got friends like that who, like, don't believe the things you say. And you're kind of like, well, come on, man. You think I'm just trying to, like, mess with you and make stuff up? No. Like, I'm trying to tell you what actually happened. And, and I think everybody has, has friends kind of like this. I know I have. And, and the thing is, with those stories, I think that sometimes we can be the same with God, right? I think sometimes we hear Jesus and what he did for us, and we go, man, show me some pictures of you on the cross and rising from the dead, and then I'll believe it. Like, show me that you're real. Give me a sign, God. Come open the heavens in my bedroom as I'm sleeping and walk in and be like, here am I, Aiden. I am here to save you. Show me some proof. But I think that, that God is, is actually going to challenge this idea that we have. Because we have this saying that is, seeing is believing. But I actually think that, that Jesus says this. I think he says that seeing isn't believing. And, and the book of Mark is going to explore this a bit more. So, um, oh, that's too far. Uh, so there, Mark is the book we're in. It's in the Bible, New Testament. It is a book about Jesus. It is about his life, what he did. And Mark's big idea is that Jesus came to bring the good news, which is that God came down to earth in the form of Jesus. He took this thing called sin, which is our wrong, and he took it, paid for it on a cross, rose from the dead, and now he's inviting us into that kingdom. And so Mark is going to explore this idea here that that seeing isn't actually believing. So with that being said, let's jump right into Mark. It says this, Mark chapter 8. About this time, another large crowd had gathered, and the people ran out of food again. Jesus called his disciples, and he told them, I feel sorry for these people. They've been here with me for three days. They've nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they're going to faint along the way, for some of them have come from a long distance. And his disciples replied, how are we supposed to feed, or how are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? Good question. Jesus asked, how much bread do you got? Seven loaves, they replied. So Jesus told the people to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, he thanked God for them, and he broke them into seven pieces. 
And he gave each one to his disciples who distributed the bread to the crowd. And then they found a, a, a couple small fish. And so Jesus also blessed those and gave it to the disciples to distribute. And they ate as much as they wanted. These people were full. And afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. So they went from seven loaves of bread to seven large baskets. And there were about 4,000 men, just men. So there were more people, 4,000 men in the crowd that day. And Jesus sent them home after he had eaten. Immediately after this, he got into a boat with his disciples and crossed over the region to Dalmanutha. And so this story is a little nuts. And there's another story in the Bible just like it where Jesus feeds 5,000. So Jesus was flexing the first time. Now he's kind of chill a little bit. He's like, I'll only feed 4,000 this time. You know, no big deal. And so he takes seven loaves of bread. He multiplies it out to where everybody can actually have their full. Like they're full. Like you know that feeling in your stomach where you're like, gosh, I don't want to move. I just want to lie in my bed. That's how they were feeling. And they go home. Everybody's fed. Everything's legit. Everything's awesome. Jesus goes to another city. And, and there's a couple things that I, wanna, I want us to notice here. First, I want us to notice something. That these people were with Jesus for three whole days. And, and I know what you're thinking. You're like, okay, it's like a little camping trip with Jesus. You know you're out. But actually, this is a big deal. Like these people are putting a lot of faith in Jesus. Because they didn't have like lunch boxes back then where they could keep food cold. Like they've been with Jesus for three days. They've probably been out of food for a bit. Like when Jesus says, hey, they're going to faint if they go. They're probably actually going to faint when they go. Like, it's not like an exaggeration. Like, these guys are hungry. But here's the thing. These people here, even though they've seen absolutely zero miracles yet, they believe that Jesus is who he says he is. They actually trust that Jesus is God. And it's crazy because they have this faith. And, and they have this belief in Jesus. And they actually let it pour out into action. And I want to ask you this. The way you live your life, okay? Okay. Does it actually reflect what you believe? So these people are willing to starve to death to follow Jesus because they actually believe he is who he said he is. And the way you live your life when you go to school, how you treat your family, how you treat your friends, does it actually reflect that you believe that Jesus is God? Or do you just look like everybody else? Do you look like all your other friends? Do you look like the, those people who actually don't know who Jesus is? Because I think the Bible is going to come up against this idea that, that just because you say you believe Jesus, that actually your, your actions can show whether or not you do. Because there are a lot of people in the Bible who say they believe Jesus, but they don't. These people clearly do. But we're about to see some people who, uh, spoiler alert, don't really. And there are these guys called the Pharisees who are like the religious teachers back then. They were like the big wigs. Everybody loved these guys. They were like, whoa, you want to see someone who loves the God? Look at the Pharisees. But... Read this. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived, they came and they started to argue with him. Not a good start. Uh, testing him, demanding that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. When he heard this, when Jesus heard this, he sighed deeply in his spirit. So he just, Ugh. why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth. I will not give this generation any such sign. And he got back in his boat, and he left, and he crossed to the other side of the lake. So Jesus shows up, and these, like, religious dudes who are supposed to be in love with God, who are supposed to be the most faithful people out of this whole kind of country, meet Jesus, and they just start debating. They're like, hey, you say that you're God? Prove it. Show me a sign. And, and I've done this a few times in my life where I've sat there in my room, and I've, I've gone, hey, God, listen, I really, like, I believe you're real, Okay. 
I just want I just want a little bit of proof. Like, I just want you to, like, I don't know, like, move that picture on my wall or come physically through the door and say hello and shake my hand. Like, show me something that you're real. But actually what Jesus says is that if you need proof in order for you to believe, it's actually not belief at all. And see, the people at the beginning of the story who were just average people actually had a faith and they believed and they didn't see anything yet. But these Pharisees, they're looking, they're looking for a sign. And here's the thing. Jesus is frustrated because he just fed 4,000 people. I don't know about you, but how much more proof do you need that this guy's God? He just fed 4,000 people. He walked on water in one of the earliest stories. God literally opened up the heavens and like said, this is my son. Like we've explored all that. So it seems pretty clear that Jesus is actually God's son, but that's not enough for these guys. And I think sometimes it's the same way. And I think God can have the same frustration where it's like, bro, I've already proven myself to you. You need another miraculous sign? Because here's the thing. You walk outside, right, and you're opening your eyes. You're looking around. You're like, oh. Like, when you honestly stop and look, okay, it was cold, so you weren't outside. But now you can go outside. And honestly, look. I want you to look at nature. Look at what's around you. And just, like, take it in for a second and go, is this possible without a God in reality? And I want you to think about yourself and how complex you are and all the things that have to be working and functioning for you to be alive and think, is all of this really possible if there isn't a God? And even think, think to the disciples and think to Jesus' death and resurrection. One, I want to tell you this. This is a cool little side note. Uh, the year is 2019. 2019 years from what? Jesus' resurrection. Little tidbit if you didn't know that. Where it's actually been 2019 years since Jesus rose from the dead. That's what we're counting from. But on top of that, um, the disciples themselves are these 12 guys who we're about to see in a moment are just like a mess. And they don't get it. And they're dumb and they're stupid. But as soon as Jesus rises from the dead, these guys are willing to die because they believe that Jesus is God. And it's actually interesting. I want you to ask yourself that if you made up a lie and, like, we all gathered around and you said, we're going to kill you unless you tell us that what you said was a lie. If it was actually a lie, I'm pretty sure you'd be like, yeah, it was a lie. I'm sorry. I don't want to die. But these guys, that happens to them. People surround them and say, we're going to kill you unless you tell us that Jesus isn't God. And they go, but he is. And I can't deny that Jesus is God. And they die. Every single one of the 12 disciples die because they say that Jesus is God. And I want you to look at all of this and ask yourself, do I need more proof? Do I need a miraculous sign like the Pharisees? Or am I able to step back and go, you know what? I can see things in my life and I can see things around me that pretty clearly show me that there's something more going on here. And even if I don't fully understand it, and it doesn't all make sense, I can look at this and go, you know what? God has made himself clear in some ways. And I think often we're, we're easily neglecting those things, like we'll see 4,000 fed, but then a week later we'll forget about it. And I think that sometimes we need to try and think back and remember those things, because I know for myself, I've done the same thing the Pharisees have done, where it's like, God, show yourself to me. And what usually happens is God tells me, hey, I already have. Just open your eyes, man. And so Jesus moves on, and he gets into this boat with his 12 disciples. You know, the 12 boys, you know. And, and this is what happens. You think it's going to go well. It doesn't go well, sadly. Uh, this is what happens. It says, but the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. So they got seven big baskets of food. Apparently forgot to take any of those baskets. They didn't bring any with them. They were like, just leave it on the beach. We'll, just, we'll be fine. Let's go. And so they only had one loaf of bread with them. And they were crossing the lake, and Jesus warned them, watch out. 
Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. So yeast is this thing in bread that makes bread like rise. So you ever seen like a taco wrap? Now it's flat. There's no yeast. But if there's yeast, man, that bread is fluffy and wonderful. And what Jesus is saying, hey, beware of this thing that these Pharisees add, that they add to their teaching and whatever. Beware of that. Be cautious. And, and the disciples get confused. They're like, what is, what? And they're like, they start arguing. And they start arguing about bread. And they're like, Jesus is saying this because we didn't bring any bread with us. That's why Jesus is saying this. Peter, why didn't you bring any bread, you fool? And then Jesus hears this. And he says, why are you arguing about not having bread? Don't you even understand? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? You have eyes. Can't you see? You have ears. Can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? When I fed 5,000 with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterward? Twelve, they said. And when I fed 4,000 with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they said. Don't you understand yet, he asked. And so here's the thing. Jesus gives them this warning about yeast, which is a symbol for the Pharisees' doubt. Like, they don't believe in Jesus, right? And they're looking for signs. He's like, beware of that, because that's not a good thing. Don't have that. And then they start to argue about themselves. They're like, man, we didn't bring enough bread. Jesus is hungry. That's why he's mad at us. And Jesus stops, and he, and he looks, and he goes, didn't I just feed 4,000? Haven't I been there for you this whole time throughout your life, working everything together for you? And now you're arguing that we don't have enough bread? He's like, are you, do you know who I am yet? Do you understand that I'm the guy who can take this one loaf of bread and turn it into enough to feed four or 5,000? But you guys still don't get it. You still don't see. And what they're not seeing is that Jesus is God. Because honestly, up until this point, the disciples don't believe it yet, which is nuts. Because they've seen things that most of us will never see. They've seen him walk on water. They've seen the heavens open. They've seen him feed 4,000, 5,000. seen blind people be able to see, deaf people be able to hear. But the irony is that those who actually have eyes and have ears still aren't getting the message. And I want to ask you this. I want to ask you if this is like you. Do you actually see Jesus for who he is? Because the disciples don't get it, man. They're confused. And they doubt God. And they've seen all these things, but they still are like, I don't know who this guy is yet. Are you the same? Are you kind of like them where you're doubting God and you don't know who Jesus is? Or are you like the Pharisees where you've, you've understood God, but you're still like, but prove yourself to me? Or are you actually like the Gentiles, the people who actually have faith? And they're out there and they're willing to starve to death because they understand who Jesus is. What kind of faith do you have? Because honestly, a faith that needs proof isn't faith at all. And seeing, it's not actually believing. And so, you guys are going to head off into your small groups. Um, I'm going to pray, and then you guys can discuss this idea about seeing isn't believing a little bit more. So let's pray. Uh, dear God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for all that you have done um, God, we pray that you would help us to be like the group at the beginning. The group who was so radically faithful to you and trusting of you that they were willing to go out into the wilderness and die just so that they could follow you. God, I pray that you would help us to not be like the Pharisees who know who you are, but they still don't believe yet. 
and they've seen all that you've done, but they still don't have faith yet. God, I pray that you would help us to have faith in you. And I pray, God, for those of us who are like the disciples, who've heard about Jesus, but we're just not getting it yet. We don't understand who he is yet, and we're still confused. Like, who is this guy? God, I pray that you would help us to show us that you are God, and that you went to the cross, that you died for us, and that you want us to have a faith and a belief in you, because in that, that's where we find eternal life. God, I pray that you bless us as we go into our small groups, and that, uh, yeah, you would just bless the rest of the night. In Jesus' name, amen.